0: Hello, good evening. Welcome back again Wednesday. I'm here with Shraddha today. Chris has some problem with his throat, I think. Chris is not well. So he might be here, but he's not able to talk, so he might help out with the moderating. So welcome, we're here to investigate the Dhamma, to learn about the Dhamma, to study the Dhamma together. The Dhamma means the truth or reality, so we come here to practice and to think about the Dhamma as well, because people will be asking questions, I'll be answering them, so Unavoidably, there will be some thinking involved. We just can't confuse the thinking from the practicing. Don't ever think that study and intellect and mental consideration is ever going to be a replacement for seeing clearly. Seeing clearly can only come from looking, investigating. So hello everyone, please feel free to chat and talk for the first bit. This is a time for us to express our appreciation of each other by expressing greetings, samodh niyakatha, pleasant speech, pleasantries. There will come a point where I ask you to cease no more chatting uh, not yet but I'll tell you when and then in the chat box we ask there only be questions no answers to questions no comments no no nothing because at that point you should close your eyes and practice Bring your attention to your experience. Try to learn more about yourself. Try to find the Dhamma within yourself. And Shraddha will be copying questions. You can post them now. You can post them once we start. Shraddha will copy them down and post them, ask them, and I will answer them. Questions we're most prioritizing are those that relate to practice. Most especially those that require an answer. There are questions where the person asking them could benefit in their practice from getting an answer. Those are the questions we're going to prioritize. Beyond that, if there are other questions about practice or questions about Buddhism, well, we'll prioritize them lower. Some questions we just don't answer, questions. Questions of a personal nature about me or about other people or other traditions or that sort of thing. Just not interested, and I'm not at liberty to talk about my own personal practice. Questions about the monk's life and that sort of thing are lower priority. If you can, try your best to use proper grammar and spelling. Put some care into your questions. Absolutely, there are many people who come here whose English is not very good, and that's perfectly valid, but there's no excuse if your English is good for not using proper punctuation and grammar out of laziness, sloppiness, carelessness. Try and be mindful and ask the best question you can. Clearest, most concise. You're more likely to get a, a positive response. So I'm ready. I think at this point we'll ask to close the chat. So from here on, Please refrain from posting anything in chat that's not a question, everyone. Close your eyes. Put your mind on the body. The body is a great object of meditation because it's the most prominent aspect of experience. It's the pasture of the mind. The mind spends its time in the body and the mind is best observed when focused on the body. So by focusing on the body you learn about how the mind works because the mind is kept present and the mind is easily observed. as it arises with the body and ceases with the body. You can focus on the stomach, rising and falling. You can focus on the posture of the body, sitting, standing, lying, walking. You can focus on the feelings of pleasure, pain, calm, And just find a word to remind yourself of the experience. Whether it be sitting, or rising, falling, pain, happy, calm, thinking, liking, disliking. Find words that are mantras that bring the mind to focus on the object, to focus on the experience, allow you to See the experience just as it is without judgment, without reaction, without interpretation, without identification. And we'll get started now on questions. If you you don't have questions, don't post. No more posts in the chat, please. Except only questions from here on. And I'll ask our moderators to delete anything that's not a question, just to keep it clean. And to remind people that you're supposed to be focused. Close your eyes. Practice with us. Don't worry. If your question's been posted, somebody will get to it in due time.
1: During meditation, how should we handle persistent sounds or persistent bodily awareness? or anything else that keeps grabbing your attention away from this moment. It sometimes feels like my mind is taking every chance that it can to keep me from having an effective, streamlined meditation session.
0: So part of the problem is this concept of an effective, streamlined meditation session, as though... A mind that was with the stomach the whole time uh, would somehow be preferable to how you, what you're experiencing. Now, the, there really is no question that would be the case. It would be great if you could. But what's stopping you is not your inability to practice properly. It's the imperfections of your mind. The mind is not perfect, and, and that is the object of meditation practice: to see the imperfections of the mind, to see the nature of both uh, of, of ourselves, of the body and the mind. So there's no there's no good that comes from wishing or wanting to be. Uh, focused on the stomach, for example. proper practice is to note and, and observe the way the mind works, the habits of the mind, be they good or bad. In this case, it's a habit of distraction, I guess. Then you would say distracted, distracted. But the practice isn't to control. It isn't to find a way to... Be with the stomach, there would be no effect, there would be no positive effect to that. In fact, there would be a negative effect if you were to try to force your mind to stay with the stomach. The nature of experience is unpredictable, it's uh, unfixable, it's unsatisfying. You can't gain satisfaction. So the desire to make it some other way is really the problem. It's what causes you stress and suffering, not the distraction. How you should handle persistent sounds, etc., is the same as how you should handle uh, occasional experiences or any experiences. Persistent is just a judgment, it's just an interpretation. Meditation is focused on the present moment, what's happening now. And what's happening now has no reference to what's happened in the past or what will happen in the future, so there's no persistent. When it arises, note it. You'll come to see more clearly about how the mind works and you'll change the way you approach experience from trying to change or fix or perfect to just trying to understand. And perfection comes from understanding comes from seeing clearly.
1: Any suggestions for maintaining mindfulness during work in a capitalistic structure? I find I build tension throughout the word day even when I meditate beforehand and go in with mindful intention.
0: Well, don't be concerned about the build tension. If there's tension, take that as your object of meditation. You know, it's a, it's a misunderstanding to think that Meditation should make everything smooth. It's not your experiences that will change, and and certainly not in the beginning. Uh, It's your reactions to them. Even enlightened beings have stress and suffering. Stress in the sense of physical stress. Uh, And and, stress from having to even do mental work. What they don't have is the disliking, the reaction to it, the worry, the upset, any of that. So even tension can build in in an enlightened being because they have to work sometimes. They have to do things, they have to think. But that tension is something they're very mindful of. And so they don't suffer even when there's tension. It's easy to mistake uh, innocent experiences from problem, as problems. We mistake our experiences as problems. The problem is not with the experiences. And so we think there's something wrong with our practice when in fact it's just something wrong with the universe. The universe is unpredictable. It's unsatisfying. It's uncontrollable. And so you're gonna come. You're not gonna be able to control. You're gonna go through experiences that are unpleasant. It's up to you whether you're you know, whether you're affected by them.
1: focusing on my stomach i feel strong energy or feeling in my chest neck forehead and top of my head i maintain awareness of these yes
0: just say feeling feeling energy is just an interpretation really it's just a feeling If you like it or dislike it, try and note that, note that as well.
1: Monte, when we realize we've encountered one of the hindrances, do we note the hindrance itself or knowing? No?
0: Have you read the booklet? If you haven't read the booklet, I recommend you do that. It does talk about the hindrances. It may not be as clear as I would like, but it does talk about them. The hindrances are liking, disliking, drowsiness, distraction, and doubt. Those are simple names for them. You don't need to use the Pali or the the academic English uh, literal translations. You would just say liking, disliking, drowsiness, distraction, doubt. Yes, note the hindrance itself. Oh, I, I guess I see what you're saying. Maybe you're, when you know that you've encountered one, like, oh, I was just angry there or something. If it's afterwards and you realize it too late, you can just say knowing, knowing. But you could also just say angry because you're just trying to remind yourself that was anger.
1: Should we vocalize mantras in our head or refrain from vocalization?
0: You should vocalize them in the in, in the object. Is, uh, all I mean by that is it's a, it's misleading to think that somehow the mind is in the head. There's a lot of mental activity that goes on in the head, of course, a lot of our senses are there, but not all mental activity takes place there. Vocalization is a mantra, it's a meditation tool. Yes, you should vocalize, but it's not in the head, it's in the object. Or it's, it's what leads you, or it's it's related to the object. Really being in the mind, it has no place.
1: my astrophobia is getting worse and worse now i'm having panic attacks even seeing it as an attachment to being safe and aversion to pain how to proceed
0: i don't know what astrophobia is but phobia i you know what that means so if you're afraid you just say afraid panic attacks just say panicking or but see the thing about panicking is it's fear and then it's physical, so try and be able, try and separate those two. The physical is not the fear. The fear is not the physical. Whatever the physical is, it, it 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 reinforces because you react to the physical, thinking, "Oh, I'm panicking," and and it creates a feedback loop. So try and break that chain when you're afraid, say afraid, but when you feel the physical results. Try and note those as just physical experiences, feeling or tense or so on. If you dislike pain, as you say, say disliking. If you crave to be safe, say wanting. Try not to judge it as getting worse or worse either. Don't don't make reference to that. Just take it as it is at any moment. Because getting worse and worse is a part of that feedback loop of reinforcing your fear, reinforcing your dislike, your aversion. It's a narrative you're telling yourself, and that's part of the problem. In essence, the noting is changing the narrative. It's creating a new narrative narrative that no one would really want to listen to but that's the whole point it helps you get bored of it all because it's what's really happening it's like a sports broadcaster just play by play oh, now I'm seeing now I'm hearing see, we work ourselves up our narratives are exciting I'm clinically depressed I have astrophobia It's getting worse and worse, that's a narrative. Don't fall into that narrative, create a new narrative. Now I'm seeing, now I'm hearing, now I'm feeling, now I'm afraid. You'll get bored of it pretty quick. When you get bored, you'll let go. You'll say, oh, it's just this boring, uninteresting series of experiences
1: you officially have students how does one become your student i put the links to the course in the booklet
0: yeah there's two ways one you can read the booklet and that's a good way to follow this tradition and the second way well if if you really want to take me as your teacher you can it's not really taking me as the te- your teacher it's just a temporary thing you don't have to officially say you know it's not a it's not a for life thing but you would take me as your teacher for the duration of the course then you can go to our our meditation hub and there's a way to sign up for a slot and then we meet once a week and you practice at home until we can find a way to have meditators come to stay with us again.
1: These are two different questions by two different people, but they're kind of related, so I put them together. The first one is, I often find that I reach a point in meditation where I struggle to continue. Is it okay to force myself? And the second question is, how to encourage self to meditate even when not wanting to.
0: Yeah, that's the same sort of problem. The, the, the focus should be on the struggle. What does it mean to struggle when not wanting to? It's the same sort of idea. Usually it's an aversion, but it can be a desire to do something else. Uh, and, and those should be the object of your mi- mindfulness you learn to focus on those, you won't need to force yourself or encourage yourself. You shouldn't rely on encouragement. You shouldn't rely on forcing or anything like that. It's only a temporary solution, not really effective. Try and focus on what you are experiencing, which is the lack of desire, the aversion, the desire to do other things, boredom, all of that. Meditation will evoke many responses, many reactions, and it's those reactions we want to learn about. To help us to understand that it's those reactions that are the problem, not the activity that we're undertaking.
1: Could you specify how wanting feeds itself and how to break the feedback? There is seeing the object, then the liking, then the inclination to amplify it, wanting indeed, then a hell
0: of stress. A hell of stress. (laughs) Hmm. I don't know what you want as an answer. I mean, it sounds like you see that. Uh, How to break the feedback? and again it's it's a practice I think asking a question like this is sort of motivated by a sense of despair perhaps and and it's a common sense because craving is not a simple thing to overcome it's a well it's a difficult thing it's a it's a monumental task. craving is what causes us to be born what's caused us to be born again and again ad infinitum. It's not an easy thing to overcome. The Buddha said it like this, he said, don't get angry. Don't get angry, be always mindful. Calm your mind. Become, well, not calm, Become internally composed and train yourself to leave behind craving. And the phrasing is interesting. Ajahn Tong, my teacher pointed this out. He said the phrasing is interesting because he just says, don't be angry how was it no no, no, don't have any ill will just be someone who doesn't have ill will but then he doesn't say don't be someone be someone who doesn't have craving aversion is is something you can give up maybe not entirely and not easily of course but craving is different craving is something you have to slowly slowly break craving is pernicious sikhang, sikhang, train yourself to become free from abicca, which is, well, desire. So not really an answer, um, just a reassurance that it takes time. Don't be impatient. Don't be discouraged. Slowly, slowly you, you cultivate understanding, clarity of mind. Because that clarity makes it impossible to desire things which are undesirable or not worthy of desire, which is everything that arises. When you start to see that things arise and cease, you find that there is no, there's no reason to desire them. There's no cause for it.
1: I was roller skating the other day and noticed bugs all over the pavement I must at some point be rolling over these bugs I must also be doing so when I'm biking or driving is this immoral?
0: No No, immorality is never the action anyway it's the mind state so if you're worried about it that's actually immoral if you're sad about beings dying that's also immoral Immorality in Buddhism is just what is a bad habit in the mind. Now, if you're roller skating for fun, well, the fun part is unfortunately immoral. Immoral is just, I mean, it's really not a great word because it doesn't actually, in English, give the sense that we need, but it is unethical, technically. Technically, anything that cultivate or encourages bad habits is unethical. And so any craving, any activity which is uh, induced by craving and encouraging and reinforcing craving is unethical. Even walking can be unethical. Roller skating certainly, driving. But it's not the action, it's the quality of mind quality of mind that it reinforces. Now if when you do these activities you're constantly uh, sad or worried about uh, beings being killed then maybe you should stop doing those activities because that's immoral. And of course I mean what you're asking is it it would be immoral if you knew there were beings there and intentionally uh, roller skated over them you see some bugs and you roller skate over them in order to kill them, that would be unethical. Deeply unethical. Like like on another level. That would that would be breaking the five precepts. It's very hard to be reborn as a human being if you break the five precepts. If you if you casually and, and repeatedly and habitually break the five precepts. Very difficult to be born a human.
1: Is it okay that I only get through maybe 12 to 14 touching points in an hour sitting session? This is a follow-up to the first question one day answer.
0: Yeah, if you can't get through them all, then you might want to just do fewer. You don't have to do them all. You should do them if you have the focus and the concentration. You might want to work up to them like we did in the course. The idea is to do the points as you're able to do them. So that's why we give them to you in order as you work up to it.
1: I feel like I get tunnel visions when noting the rising falling, by experiencing only those sensations. Sometimes the noting is in the back of my mind that I can feel, hear clearly. Which is mindful? Which of sure what the question is. Which is mindful? Oh, okay.
0: Mindful is when you note either of those experiences. What you're seeing is un- is impermanence. You can't predict what's going to be this way or it's going to be that way. Sometimes it's one way, sometimes it's another. Mindfulness is when you note that. If you feel like you have tunnel vision, you would note feeling, feeling if you hear and feel things you would not hearing or feeling basically if you notice anything then it's already something you should take as an object when you're noting and and you don't notice how you're noting then you don't have to note that that way that, you know the, the the nature of it cuz you're just doing it
1: Should we note impatience, or should impatience be noting, noted as wanting something to enter, begin, etc., or something
0: else? You should note, note it as it is. If it strikes you as being impatience, you can just note impatience. But yeah, impatience is often aversion or desire. What we call impatience is often one or the other.
1: If I have a feeling of relaxation that I enjoy, is it better to note the relaxed feeling of the body, the liking of the mind, or alternate between the two different notes?
0: Whichever is clearest, just pick one. It doesn't really matter. Whichever you can see clearly, note that one. and Once it's gone, then just go back to the rising, falling, or whatever.
1: Dear Bhante, how can one have pannya and observing breath? Should I pay attention to starting and stopping of inhalation and starting and stopping of exhalation?
0: Yes, but you shouldn't intellectualize it. When you say when you watch the stomach, you say rising. That's from beginning the beginning of the movement to the end of the movement, and you shouldn't force yourself to try and artificially see the beginning or the end. It's your intention, is to start saying it at the beginning and to stop saying it at the end, and that allows you to observe the whole thing, but it's impermanent. Your mind is sometimes going to focus on the ending, sometimes going to focus on the beginning, sometimes see the beginning and the ending, sometimes see beginning and ending in within the breath. So each little piece of movement sometimes is a is a beginning and an end. It's unpredictable don't try to don't try to force it one way or the other. Just take it as it comes and come to be flexible.
1: Is the practice designed to correct itself? Maybe some wrong noting or include becoming more refined and. Over time. I tend to be perfectionist, so I worry a lot. I'm trying now to just do it.
0: Yes, the practice corrects itself or more appropriately, wisdom corrects your behavior. And the practice is a part of that. So the practice is something very simple, but our minds are complex and and overcomplicated, so our minds add a lot. To what we call the practice And that changes as we gain more wisdom You can only hurt yourself so much Until you realize "Ah, I'm hurting myself And hopefully if you're very mindful It takes less time Because you're quicker to notice And less stubborn about About hurting yourself Over and over again Because mindfulness is not painful Mindfulness is not a cause of pain or, or suffering. If you worry a lot, don't forget to note that as well, say worried, worried. And you don't have to try to just do it. That's a, a misunderstand- that's, um, misunderstanding that's quite common where people think, ah, I'm forcing it, I've got to stop myself. But stopping yourself is also forcing. If you want to learn how not to force, you have to learn to just observe, even observing the forcing. So this is a part of letting yourself cause you suffering until you realize that you're causing yourself suffering. When you realize how stressful it is to try and force, it's just going to naturally correct itself.
1: develop a grudge on someone due to a perceived wrong it tends to linger for a long time in my mind what should i focus on during meditation to eliminate this grudge for good
0: wanting to eliminate the grudge is probably part of the problem it's not how we look at it sorts of questions are understandable but misguided just focus on the experience as it happens Rather than thinking about it as a grudge, focus on the experiences Grudges don't exist, it's just your interpretation over time When you consider the past or the future Nothing lingers for a long time Things come and they go, they arise and they cease very quickly actually But it's hard to see that And that's what you want to see You want to see moments of experience When you're angry at someone, that's just a moment Say angry, that's it
1: sometimes i find myself noting frantically should i note noticing and then slow down my mental noting
0: yeah i don't know about noticing but you're on the right track yeah i mean i wouldn't slow it down i would just stop noting frantically right there's some reason why you're doing that maybe you're um ambitious about it craving something uh, and just just noting how fast it's going will slow it down you can say something like knowing knowing noticing might be okay too because you've noticed that to say noticing it's not wrong mm-hmm.
1: Going back to some of the questions from before does meditation help you love yourself or have no self at all?
0: well the self is just a concept it's not what's real, it's not what's part of experience so I guess neither any thought about the self is just uh, an illusion just try and note experiences. That's what meditation helps. It helps you see clearly, understand experience for what it is. I thought there was one about, what about this one about PTSD?
1: diagnosed with ptsd with dissociation i feel like the world is a simulation or a movie at times it seems like people around me repeat what i was just thinking kind of like reading my mind but i don't but i know they're not listening to my thoughts can you explain this
0: Well, the mind does strange things. It is possible to uh, read people's mind, but it's probably not likely that everyone is. It's common. I mean, as you're experiencing, this is a thing where we become—you might say—paranoid, but interpretative, over-interpretative, where we interpret everything where we make connections that's what it literally is at the basic most basic level we make connections with things now meditation and mindfulness that part of it, it that's one of the things it changes rather than making connections with things because that's a big part of where reactions come from rather than making connections we try to see things just as they are so if you think something you say thinking if you hear someone say something it's hearing and you don't make the connection between what you were thinking and what they were what they're saying and if you do make that connection you don't make any connection with it so so that connection in your mind hey they just said what I was thinking note that, note that thought if there's any emotion because you've now connected it to something to a to, um, what is bad, you know, to, to, to harm that might come to you, or, or fear, that sort of thing. If there's fear that arises, if you're angry about it, if you're worried about it, if you're confused about it, all of that, don't make a connection there as well. The mind is always making connections, and we try to change that so that things just are what they are. That, uh, I think, would help immensely with PTSD in its many forms. Interested, I'd recommend maybe trying to do an at home meditation course that might help.
1: I get paranoid when men are around me, kind of weird, but should I note paranoid?
0: It's not very weird, men are scary. uh when, you, when you're afraid say afraid afraid you do have to take precautions it's not to say that when you, when you're afraid of something there's not a reason for being cautious but there, but fear doesn't help fear paralyzes you fear excites you fear keeps you from being level-headed and focused at peace so try and note afraid, afraid afraid is better than paranoid although paranoia can be worry as well and worry might be a little more clear sometimes try and note them both and paranoia has to do with thoughts as well again this connections making connections is that person following me? why is that person looking at me? No. thinking, thinking it doesn't mean you're discarding them See, meditating isn't discarding things. Meditating is seeing things clearly. So it can actually help you to be more alert, more aware of your surroundings, more aware of people's intentions, more clearly aware of your circumstances that allows you to be safer
1: doing sitting meditation i start breathing fast and then i say instead of rising falling knowing like you said i feel so uncomfortable because it lasts the whole meditation what to do
0: if you feel uncomfortable just note that but if you're breathing fast you can still note rising falling you can also note rise fall
1: a follow-up to just do it how to note when observing we're forcing the practice use the mental note forcing literally
0: i probably wouldn't because you're not actually forcing that's how it appears to you but there's there's just a feeling a feeling of tension it's usually tension because you feel like oh this is me forcing it and that's why it's so tense but it's actually just tension in the body When you watch the stomach, it's a common thing for it to become very tense, and you think, I'm forcing it. It's just tension. Just note tense, tense. Uh, And then if there is in the mind the desire for things to be a certain way, note that as well. Wanting or craving, if you're worried about it or stressed about it, note that as well.
1: legs fall asleep completely my legs fall completely asleep after about 30 minutes of sitting meditation I'm still working my sitting posture, any advice?
0: yeah, there's nothing wrong with legs falling asleep And if you experience, if you feel something, say feeling but if you don't feel anything just continue on with your practice that'll work itself out it's not a problem it is a problem, you have to be careful when you stand up don't stand up too quickly, you can apparently break a leg you know, if you just try to stand on a leg that's asleep, it apparently can be dangerous so wait for them to wake up again before you try to walk I've never actually heard of someone specifically but apparently it, it can happen dreadful thing to think.
1: Is it ever proper to note waiting, waiting or is that too conceptual?
0: No, that's fine.
1: Easier to notice when an object arises but challenging when it ceases to be. It's usually another object takes its place. Placing of an object is harder to me to notice. Advice?
0: So again, it's not something we should try to do. You shouldn't try to note the ending. Cessation is by its very definition not very noticeable. It's gone, right? What are you going to notice? Just try and be mindful of things. Be mindful of experiences. You'll see the beginning. You'll see the end. It will. You'll see it with, without even helping, without even trying. Don't try to see the beginning or the end. Just try and note the experience. When you when you, you first notice it, note that. Note it then. Right. The begin, seeing the beginning and end. That's the result. That's what you're going to see as a result. It's not your practice. There's no trying. So it can't be hard or easy. It just comes when it comes. If it doesn't come, don't go looking for it. Otherwise it becomes intellectual, this idea of some, like there should be a signpost, hello, I'm ceasing now kind of thing. It's very, very, of course, cessation is not something like that.
1: Regards to the question about legs falling asleep, is it best to note feeling, or be more specific? For example, tingling or buzzing.
0: Doesn't really matter. Feelings enough. Feelings enough. But tingling is fine.
1: Wanted a follow-up question from the person who had asked this question earlier. When I'm driving, biking, or roller skating, I know that the consequence is bugs dying because of this. Would the Buddha advise against these activities because of the five precepts?
0: No. I mean, I'm not the Buddha, so I can't tell you, but I think he might advise against them uh, because of that. Yeah, These are kind of things that are kind of violent, and it's not very nice to do things that you know are going to kill lots of beings, but it's not breaking the five precepts. Because there's no intention you, you 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 aren't intentionally trying to kill a, spe- a specific being you just know that if you do this beings are likely going to die you don't know that for sure but it's likely and it's not breaking the five precepts it's just something that something to be mindful of and there's a lot of things that don't break the five precepts that are you know, best in an ideal situation in an ideal world better to do without like not eating meat for example go ahead eat meat but it's probably a better world if we stopped eating meat not like that world is likely to ever come about though not for a long time
1: Is the at-home meditation course free?
0: Everything we do is free. We never charge or even ask for a donation for anything. i like to be able to mention that, and I'm very proud, I guess. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very appreciative of our community, our volunteers, our board of directors, and all of our supporters who allow us to do this completely for free. We have people who donate and give us support, Uh, And of course, you're welcome to do that, but it has no bearing on on what you've gained in terms of an obligation to return some remuneration. So there's no suggested donation for anything. There's no buy donation for anything. Everything is and always will be free. If at some point we are unable to continue offering, these things, then we'll just stop. If we should never have not enough resources, we'll just stop. So if you want it to keep going, you can always support. And if you want it to increase, then you're always welcome to get involved and learn about ways that you can support us to expand our activities, like maybe someday building a monastery or something like that. Everything's free. If it weren't free, there would be some kind of attachment we would have. That's what how I understand it. Anytime you start charging, there's a sense. The the, the, re- the only reason could be is because you want it to happen, because you have some attachment to it. We do what we do because uh, people are, are asking us to do it not because we want it to continue. So if there's ever, as long as there's enough resources, we'll keep doing it. And there's people who are asking us to do it. And and it's a part of our own path. Some people decide to become Buddhas and so they help so many people. Other people don't and, and decide to help very few people. It's, it's It's maybe not even so much a decision as it is a difference of character. And so you can't you can't expect people to do more or less than they do, either. But I do these at-home meditation courses. I'm not entirely sure why, but it's what I do. One of the things I do right now. So as long as I do it, it will be free. If I decide to stop doing it, then it won't happen.
1: There was another question, about the, uh, the at-home meditation course is still confusing for me. Plus, I keep on forgetting the time difference, could I email you to set a specific time? just wanted to add a note that there is the... It has now, the page has been changed where you can see both your time and Bhante's time. So there should that should not be confusing anymore.
0: Yeah, no, we don't, I don't, I can't honor any uh, custom requests like that, you have to pick a slot the onus is on you to do a little bit of the work it's the thing about things being free is you have to do some of the work yourself so it being confusing is a challenge something you'll have to overcome forgetfulness, yeah you'll have to work on that I forget sometimes I've forgotten appointments, forget meetings. Forgetting the mind is un is unpredictable sometimes. It's a challenge. But you no, know, there's no harm. If you do forget an, an appointment, just make another booking. It's not the end of the world. We have no policy of of blacklisting people for missed meetings. Uh, unless we ever were to find out there was something malicious, like someone was blocking b- blocking uh, slots without any intention of of keeping them, of course. But if you forget or or something comes up and you can't make an appointment, I just delete it. But you're welcome to it's. There's no um, prejudice, so you're welcome to book again. I delete it because I'm not sure what happened. It may be that you've decided not to do the course. It may be that you finished the course. I don't know. I just delete it without prejudice. You're welcome to book again.
1: When pain arises with a version immediately after, should the sensation that is worse? Most clear be noted, or should the version be selected as it is one of the five hindrances,
0: whichever is clearest? You'll see, you, the noting helps you to see clearly and sort it all out. It will become untangled, and eventually you'll be able to note everything individually. But you don't have to no you don't have to note every single thing because it's very quick. Just try and note something, whichever is clearest.
1: There's a question about you that they've asked many times. I don't know if you want to answer. They're asking why you no longer wear glasses if it's because of siddhis.
0: I don't know what siddhis are. I no longer use glasses because some kind people paid for me to have laser eye surgery not a question eh? I guess, yeah, anyway we're done, it's time up so from now on last, last period, only questions that are important, only top tier questions, okay, if there are no top tier questions, we stop
1: go ahead I don't think there's any more specific meditation-related questions. We've already gotten, gone through all of these. All right. This question, I'm not sure if you'd like to answer.
0: Okay, last one.
1: I've realized that I have a strong sense of attachment to my sense of self. My sense of identity is, is there any advice you could give me to let go of this attachment?
0: I'm not going to answer that. It's not that important. I'd recommend to read the booklet. Sorry, I don't mean to dismiss your question out of hand, but it's sort of a theoretical problem that you have. What's real is going to be experiences. Maybe there's conceit. Maybe there's uh, views. But all of that comes clear through your practice. Read the booklet if you're interested Take an an at-home meditation course That'll all clear itself up Practice is not letting go Practice is seeing clearly Letting go comes from practice From seeing clearly Okay, we're done Sadhu You can talk again Thank you all for coming A good group A good session We have had a good A good one hour today That was an hour where None of us wasted our time Where we can say For that hour We were making use Good use of our birth as human beings We were not wasting our time In samsara We were not wandering anymore we had purpose for that hour we were inclined towards the good so sad and thank you Shraddha for helping